What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast that talks all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. How are you doing this week, James? I'm pretty good, Jason. Good, good. How's the car? It's dead. Oh, it's dead. It's it, dead. It's officially dead, isn't it? It has gone to the great scrapyard in the sky. Ah, uh, so Billy Bridges then. Yeah. <laughs> Just outside of town. You yeah. Know. You can go and visit it, though, because it's nice and close. It's up on a hill. Uh, well, well, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <coughs> not not quite the uh, the great scrapyard in the sky, is it, really? Well, great scrapyard on the top of the hill. It's closer to the sky than it is the ground. It's true. <laughs> it's very, very true. Very, very true. So, how long did it last, James? It was 23 years old. 23. It had a good run. I la- had to laugh because there was the same model car, but a 60 plate, which is 10 years younger than mine, yes. also on the back of the truck when it was picked <laughs> up. So I was like, well, it lasted longer than that one did. It had good innings. That's it what did. It had a good run. Did, did you put in, Did you put many miles on the clock? That's the real question. What, for, no, not for a 23-year-old car. No? That's all right. 74,000? I think that's pretty good. They say, what, the average is 12,000 a year, I think? Something like that is what... You know, yeah, but that's that's a motorway commuter who does that. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe even more, I guess. Yeah. Well, the higher end will be that, bringing the average up. <coughs> yeah. Up, I no, I think because they actually, now that they put all the MOT stuff on online, and obviously they record the mileage yeah. at the MOT, so you can just, if you actually want to know how many miles you're doing a year, you can, actually just, have you can go back to your MOT history. Yeah. Uh, I think I was averaging about three. Uh, three miles? So 3,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I started it up and like rolled it off the drive. <laughs> I'm starting to understand why it stopped working. <laughs> but no, it, it sounds like your car's had a good innings. Is there, it is, is yeah, there had a good plan? run. Is there a plan to replace it? <laughs> we don't do plans. <laughs> plans? Well, I mean, this is true, yeah. If, if I was planning, I wouldn't be sat here tonight. I would be at a gig instead. You would, and I'd actually know what we were talking about. I did actually tell you what we were talking about. I mean, granted, it was two hours ago, but I did tell you. So you can't even claim you had no time to prepare. Yeah. And there wasn't a plan, was it? This entire conversation that we're about to have was sparked by a comment that I made in the game last night. It's very true, actually. This this has come about. It was, again, looking at my list of topics, it's on there. But again, it's been accelerated to the top due to your total and utter rubbish talking <laughs> about me in the game last night yep so yeah we're, we are gonna have a discussion about it because it's, let's be honest it's gonna be another episode of me admitting i've got a problem yes so, <laughs> so yeah spoiler alert it's probably gonna happen but before we get on to that james we've played a few games in the past week or so we have uh, I say week or so because it's not all guaranteed within the week. Um, for fairly obvious reasons, being last week's episode, we've played even more Sky Team. We have. What are your thoughts on Sky Team, James? Have they changed in the last seven days? No, they have not. Oh, that's excellent. That's good to know. Um, yeah, Sky Team. Sky Team. I love it. I still mm. love it. I've been wanting to play it even more since we talked about it. And of course, that led us on to playing it a bit more. But yeah, Sky Team still still up there. Still getting played. We are definitely going to be playing it more because you def you definitely need to play the kerosene. Yes, because that's awesome. Look, we had a games night last night. We did. We did. How did that go, James? I yeah. lost. You did. You did. Um, quite spectacularly, James. Um, let me just remind myself here. Uh, Ten six in uh, in Masters of the Universe Clash for Eternia. You I- went against myself and Anthony. I did. I 
absolutely failed to defend Castle Grayskull. Yeah. I am a failure. You are indeed a failure. And you had you had He-Man. I did. You know, the, the Goldilocked master I himself did. in his pants. I did. You didn't kill him, though. Well, I didn't need to. I didn't need to. It was just far easier just to keep punching Orko in the face. Yeah. But yeah, but um, it's all he's good for, really. He's a punching bag. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Teela was a, a bit of a pain. For us to deal with, because, you know, do you hit a woman? I mean, it's Masters of the Universe, of course you do. Um, but yeah, Orko was just, he was a fun little punching bag. And uh, we, we destroyed the front of Grayskull. Yep. <laughs> like the, the drawbridge went down, and then literally we toppled the, <laughs> the whole front of it. Yep. Uh, which was great. But yeah, really, really fun game. We are going to be talking about it very soon. But just as a little thingamajiggy about it, how did you find it? What did you like? initial feelings on it oh. especially that scenario that's an, I, I did enjoy that scenario mm. very difficult i mean i thought we were going to lose to be honest that the whole way through that because i think the defender is, is definitely more powerful oh, yeah, in that yeah. game but i think some strategic elements that you could have taken yeah the um kind of helped to the, the demise towards the end the defender is more powerful i would definitely agree with that but it's achieving my objectives to win mm. that's the difficult part yeah i mean me and me and Ant had to rally towards the end there yeah um and once we did i think the writing was definitely on the wall for you yeah because it was then a case of yeah you you could have won if you'd managed to take one more objective but that was the problem it was like well we're at a point where we only need to kill say three people and we win the game so let's just all hire you know huddle around the thing that he needs yeah and wait for him to come to me. That was, I think that's that's what did it. it was like. I because I can't claim that objective if you, one of your characters is standing next to it. It's right, like yeah. I haven't got enough to knock you off that space yeah. before someone else will jump in yeah. and be next to it. It's like I could I could kill one of your characters, but I then can't claim the objective before one of you blocks me again. Yeah, exactly. Although it came down to the wire right at the end there. It did. It really did. And. I might have been able to do it if I'd had one more turn. You but that, that roll you did at the end. Yeah. Well, it was what I needed to do two damage yep. to get the final kill. You had six I had, six I, I dice. boosted all my attacks. You had six dice. Uh, with six dice. And the first four were misses. Yep. Then I managed to roll one hit. Yep. And it came down to that one die. That last dice. The and all that last die. It was... You know, it's one of those epic game moments where I think all three of us, because you've got the Castle Grayskull dice roller, which we were using. Yeah. All three of us were on our feet as you dropped that last dice in there, and you could hear it clunking around in there. It's like, yep, edge indeed. of the seat. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I did uh, receive somewhat of a complaint from my neighbours, considering that game crescendo, shall we say, was yes. at about half past 11 at night. <laughs> and there was a very loud cheer. <laughs> When we saw the die face. Wow. There was a loud cheer from your side of the table. There yeah. were several expletives coming from my <laughs> side of the table. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that was it. That, that, and it was the perfect end because it couldn't have been more, I guess, tense mm. at that point. So uh, It was the fact that six dice on the first four. Miss, 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 miss. Yeah. Come how, on. How can we do this? Come on. Yeah, and it was just that utter, uh, I need to roll perfectly now oh my god one. one i need to i need a hit and it took forever to get down that dice tower in that it did i swear it went halfway down then and back up and then back down again oh, it was 
if it had been movie style, it would have been bouncing out in slow motion. Yeah. That that kind of <laughs> the, the cutting <laughs> to the faces of the people were like nail biting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great, great finish to the game. Really, really fun yep. game. We made that great fun. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about it a bit more when we got on to our topical, because as we said, that's what led us on to uh, this particular episode. episode. Um, but I want to talk about one more game, and this was another game that I played when I was down at Bald Stupid HQ with Wayne. Um, I mentioned a few of them last week, and the, lo- the one that I didn't mention I saved for this week, which was Quest for El Dorado. Now, this is a, a bit of an older game, uh, and it's a racing-style game with, a like, a modular board. But, yeah, basically, the um, the board has, like, little symbols on it. And to go into into those areas, you have to have those symbols on uh, on on your in front of you. So you need to be able to, to, to go for it. But it gets progressively harder as you go around. So you need to upgrade what you've got uh, on your cards. Um, and it's cards that you're using for, for, for movement. So it's kind of like it's got a deck-building element to it. But the purpose of the deck building is to move around the racetrack, which I thought was really, really cool. Very, it's not something I've played like that before. I would like to try it with you if at some point I think you would enjoy it. It's not like a game of heat or something like that, but you know, you've got money to be able to get your upgraded cards. There's limited supplies of powerful cards and all that kind of stuff. And then you kind of want to get the crud out of the deck as you go on. But then you're sort of also having to strategically plan well, what's the board looking like? Because right now I'm in a load of grassland, so mm. green cards are exactly what I need. But once I'm out of the green area, there's not much green for the rest of the board. So I don't really want to take on too much green yeah, because I'm then going to have to go over the mountains and through the beach and then swim across the ocean to get to the finish line. So you're, you're just sort of like, well, what do I need now? What do I need soon? Mm. And at what point do I need to start discarding the crud so that I can try and cycle through this deck builder. So I really, really liked how that worked because I've always loved the deck builder and having a race mechanic added into a deck builder is really, really cool. I look forward to playing it again. Um, yeah, Quest for El Dorado. Quite an old game. Hope to play it again soon. Cool. James, we didn't talk about a game this time last year. So we can actually jump straight into our topical. Excellent. Are you ready, sir? Yes. Let's do it. Okie dokie, James. So, it's topical time. Have you got your tea ready? I have. In true British style, we have our tea. Uh, nutmeg and vanilla, James. We're going very posh today. Yes, you are. This room smells amazing. <laughs> um, the problem is, it is making me a bit sleepy. Yes. That's the downside. This is going to be a short one. It is, yeah. I mean, couple that with the fact that I've got a bit of a sore throat. Probably because I was cheering at about half past 11 last night because... Um, <laughs> You lost ten uh, six. I'm going to lob that <laughs> score tracker across, <laughs> across the room in a minute. Yeah, it's not the fact that I'm telling you the score; it's the fact that every time I do it, I'm picking up the score tracker. <laughs> but yes, James. Right. So, topical discussion this week. We are talking about overanalyzing games or overthinking games. Yes. Not analysis paralysis. No. Because that is, while very similar in my opinion, is a different thing. Yeah. I don't personally claim to suffer from analysis paralysis. However, I'm just going to admit this early. You do suffer from overanalyzing games. I do quite often suffer from overanalyzing games. But weirdly, it's not from the offset of the game. Mm. It's usually later in the game. So 
what caused this, James, was <laughs> we were losing in the game last night. You correct? were. And we, I, I noticed the end of the game. The end was nigh, and we weren't doing well. And I had the chance of doing a fair bit of damage and potentially killing two characters, which would have brought us right back in the game. But I had to make a decision because my character that I was using had both ranged and um, melee melee uh, attacks, and they both had the same. You know, they both rolled three dice, for example. And I simply asked a basic question: What's the ratio of uh, on the dice of exactly? Right. You didn't just ask a question. You were sat there staring at the cards, dice in hand. For a good while before asking that question, I think I said, "Ah, just roll the dice." <laughs> so I, I was purely asking because it's like, no, the logic here is I need to do something, otherwise we're we're almost guaranteed the the, the the loss. So I was like, I need to try and do as much damage. The logic will be if one has more chance of hitting yep. than the other, I want to take that option. It's not because one attack did so much more. It's because they both did exactly the same. Yep. As and I, you just wanted the maximum amount. Yeah. Was... I did. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we, we figured it out after your snidey comments <laughs> about me overanalyzing the game and just, power just, playing it. Just and, roll the dice. Uh, and all that guff. So I ended up rolling the dice and I rolled no I hits. just I literally <laughs> picture at this point, because ironically, was it Skeletor you were doing the attack with? No, it was uh, Evelyn. Evelyn, yeah. And Teela was stood there, sword right, just <laughs> paused, and I just picture her, her sat cross-legged with a book. <laughs> yeah. Just go, wait, wait. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> I will find the right attack. Ah. Oh, I dropped my sword. Because <laughs> that's basically what happened. I, I did no hits. Yeah. All of that. And you deserved it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of did. Did you? If I remember correctly, you worked out which one had the greater chance of hitting and then rolled all the other symbols. Correct. Yes. That's exactly what happened. Which was a problem. That's called karma, my friend. It was indeed. (laughs) Now, I would argue that saying I deserve that is is really cruel. But no, genuinely, I spent way too long trying to make that decision. And on reflection of it, it wasn't really fair on yourself. It wasn't fair on Anthony. I was taking, you know, it's a game. For God's sake. Mm. And this is the problem. Um, so you are quite right, quite within your right to say what you did, James. Uh, However. I'm sorry, I'm having a medical emergency over here because you just admitted that I was correct. You were correct, James. Uh, um, but however, I do want to talk about it because. <laughs> <laughs> you were correct, technically, but now I'm going to spend five minutes telling you how you were actually wrong. But I, I would disagree, actually. We've got to fill a podcast here, so I'm actually going to take half an hour to tell you how you were wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> and then ultimately, at the end of it, admit that you were right and we'll go about our business. But um, yeah, so. What is the difference, really, between analysis paralysis and maybe overthinking games, in your opinion? In my opinion, analysis paralysis is being presented with lots of different options and routes that you don't really know. Even in my head, as I'm trying to explain this, they sound exactly the same. But I would say it's genuinely lots and lots of different, like four or five different options. And you're sitting there going, uh, uh, uh. Overanalyzing is usually two or two or three options, yeah. and you're just trying to work out which is how to ma- how to how to min max the game, yeah. basically. Yeah. Math it out. Yeah, 
mapping it out. Whereas analysis paralysis is usually, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what my end goal is. I've got five different choices and I really don't know where any of them are going to take me. So I've just kind of stalled. Yeah. Overanalyzing is, I know what I want to do. I've got two choices. Which one is min-maxing? Yeah. Effectively, which is the most efficient way to do it or the most overpowered way to do it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that that's fair. I, I think what I've written down is basically the same thing. But again, I, I, I'm the same as you. I, I struggle to try and explain what the difference is because they are so very hmm. similar. But yeah, for me, analysis paralysis presents primarily when a player is presented with options and doesn't know which path to take more often than not, which again, sounds very similar. But it's usually because there's so many options. Whereas the issue I personally face comes around usually later in the game when when there's a lot of pressure involved in order to make a decision that's better for either yourself or better for your team, stuff like that. So, you know, the the game is slowly coming to a close and this actually stems from another issue that I personally have, as everyone knows. I have a tendency to watch the scores as the game is going. So usually I know when I'm in a bad situation. And if I see the end of the game coming, that flicks a switch in my mind that says, you now need to be super highly focused on what you're doing and you need to mathematically figure out everything you're doing. With the die faces, I'm thinking percentages. What percentage chance have I got that I'm going to roll the the, the, the the melee side, for example? Is that there's three dice sides with that and a, and a castle grace goal well, that equates to four sides whereas there's only you know three possible sides for range is like, okay so that's a higher percentage that's a chance you know and and that's where i that's that's the key difference for me while over overthinking games i think just it it, it it is exactly what it says you're thinking too much about solid things you're looking into the the mechanisms of the game and you're tearing apart the mechanisms down to their core to see what's the best option. And the problem is that takes so long for so many people to do that you've gone out for a cigarette, gone down the shops, bought a drink, come back, and I'm still trying to math it out. Takes a while to do. So there's the negative straight away for the other players. It's not fair. Um, So I I think for me that that's kind of the best definition I could give between the two. But it, it really comes down to the fact of the game is is nearing its end. Every decision is now board game life or death. Yeah. Every minute meeple move, every yeah, money I mean, spent, every die rolled, it's all now in my hands as to whether I lose or win. Despite the fact, especially with rolling dice, it's not in my hands at all. Yeah. I, I, yeah. The simplest way I can think of it is analysis paralysis is I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And overanalyzing is, no, I know exactly where I want to be. How do I get there? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think that, I mean, that's a really good way of saying it. I I definitely think analysis paralysis, I'm lost, whereas overthinking is I know exactly where I am on the map. Yep. But there's seven paths to get to the town center from where I am. Which one is going to take me three milliseconds less than the other quickest route? Yep. And what are the factors that are going to make it three milliseconds faster? You know, it, it, it's it's minute details. That's what overthinking is for me. Um, so the first question, James, that I have for you, okay, is, is it a problem? For, if you're playing with someone who does maybe overthink games, is it actually a problem? Uh, I think, that, again, that's down to your individual gaming group. Mm. I mean, 
technically, if you're playing with an entire group of people that's, that play like that way, then no, it's not a problem because you'd be a bit of a hypocrite for calling someone else out for it. You would, but I can also imagine a game that's supposed to take 30 minutes would suddenly take seven hours. Yes, that's the downside. <laughs> um, to me, I mean, personally, like when I get into a game, I start doing it, but I, I set myself a hard time limit. Mm. So while I'm doing, starting to sort of a- analyze it, I sort of, I think, I think a minute is fair. It's like I'm counting in my head, and it's like, right, I've been looking at this board for a minute now. Make a choice. Yeah, I mean that that's fair. And that, Ma- uh, make it basically, but if I haven't arrived at a conclusion in a minute, make a choice and live with it. Yeah, and I think deep down, this is probably why I'm not a huge fan of like real time games because no, I, I, I just immediately like, uh, too much information, too little time, can't can't process which is odd for me because i've literally just said i count down in my head a minute and yeah i don't like real time games <laughs> for that because it's physically there yeah 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 and it's the countdown in my head is a conscious thing of i'm taking too long whereas i think a real time game where there's actually a sand timer is like i'm watching it disappear and mm. and now i'm under pressure yeah it's the wrong sort of pressure yeah yeah so would you say it's it is a problem that's limited to board games or would you say it's something that kind of plagues the entire tabletop hobby or specific parts of tabletop hobby? Oh no, every 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 I would I would say it extends beyond. Mm. So I would I would say that role play is kind of not affected because yes, you could overanalyze something, but ultimately whatever the DM has already decided he's going to do he's gonna do no, i would disagree with that one it's in role play it's all about the character sheets yeah min maxing comes from role play mm. you know spending forever usually in the character creation phase right at the beginning of the campaign oh no no i've got to have all my stats min maxed for what i was like this is supposed to take 20 minutes and we're supposed to get the first yeah. episode of the campaign on the roll and you've spent the entire time staring at your character sheet because you want to min-max all your stats. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, that, that... Every, every time they get an upgrade to one of their stats. I mean, you start, when we played Scott's thing, how so, certain people, mm. I've got to spend this time really thinking about where I'm going to put this upgrade point because I want to yeah. absolutely max it, whereas <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's the difference between people like us that don't really play yeah. role-play games, but... I, I personally think that that's probably the least affected one. That's my personal opinion. A lot of those, a lot of those people in the role play, I think, like it goes against the spirit of role play as well because it's like, like, like I said, Scott's campaign we did. Yeah, I was a pilot, so it seemed pretty obvious where I was going to put all my stat points. Yeah. Whereas you get these people, no, no, I must be good at everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I must be that guy who could, you know, any job. Me. me yeah yeah i guess i mean that that's definitely it's like i am a pilot i'm role-playing a pilot yeah so guess where all my stats are going but does does that really come under like overanalyzing a game for example like whereas if you if we were sat in a situation in a role-play game where it's like right we need to fly this from here to here um james has the best chance of doing it because he's got this amount of upgrades or whatever he's rolling this amount of dice the percentage value is blah 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 whereas little jimmy over there he hasn't got as good a chance however if this goes wrong then he's got this this and this that could boost it at which point he's rolling <coughs> even more dice again i'd argue that overanalyzing would be 
worse in environments like role play. When you're playing a board game, most of the time, Ooh. you're only own, over, over, or it's only one of you that's overanalyzing your move. Ooh. In a role play campaign, there are five of you overanalyzing and yeah. then disagreeing with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I've got a few questions for you as to what you consider um, falls under the category of. Um, overanalyzing it in games and we'll, we'll try and keep it specifically to board games because that's where we are yeah so something i do in games and i know you do it occasionally um but when you're playing a game let's say we'll take a zool for example very basic game very easy anyone can play a zool i maintain that anyone can play it if you're thinking two three turns ahead is that overanalyzing no, i would say that's strategy so where where is the definition between strategy and overanalyzing Overanalyzing would be to use the Azul example. Which tile am I going to take? Hmm. What's the most efficient way? And then spending ten minutes trying to just try, literally going right. There are thirty-two tiles. There are five of this type, six of that type, seven of that type. What do you need? What do I need? Yeah, that's overanalyzing rather than going. And I'm guessing, yeah, again, working if you're someone like myself or, or whatever, working out. The likelihood that I'm going to get it if I don't take it now. Yeah. If I do take it now, am I going to be able to complete it this turn, or am I going to do it next turn? I mean, what? if you've completely overanalyzed it, you know exactly how many tiles are, mm-hmm. of each type there are. Yeah. What are the odds that you're going to draw that set of tiles? You know, all, all that kind yeah. of. But it all at the same time, the, again, it's a thin line between strategic thinking and overanalyzing. Is ultimately how long you take to do it. Yeah. Some people who we know we play games with can do it all of that. Almost instantly. Really quickly. Yeah. I mean, a perfect example of that would be, um, say, card counting in poker. Yes. And, um, you know, casinos and stuff, because obviously things like card counting is completely banned. I don't know, really know how they monitor that, but, you know, is card counting an overanalyzation of the game? No. Okay. Because by definition to card count, you have to be able to do it quickly. I mean, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, but I'd still say it is a form of overanalyzing. Because you're probably spending time learning that particular skill in order to do mm. just that. I would also argue that it's a um, it's a risk, almost like a risk reward type thing. It's like it's also overanalyzing if you spend all that time doing it and then it doesn't pay off. It's like well, you spend all that time Ooh. and it hasn't paid off. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, so obviously, one that came up last last night, James, was knowing die faces and trying to work out the percentage that is that all joking aside over analyzing the game by trying to figure out your best odds because i i personally still maintain that isn't over analyzing what i was doing last night was definitely over analyzing because i was working out percentages likelihoods and and all sorts of stuff going through my head i was literally doing maths coursework yeah but knowing die faces everyone knows there's six sides to a six-sided die on a normal die, there's numbers one to six, yep. which means you have a one in six chance of getting the number you want. Yep. Obviously, in the game as last night, there was only three symbols on it, X amount of the same symbols. Uh, I don't think I'd ever go, I personally would go ever, go that far. It's like, you say it was overanalyzing in the game last night, which I would agree with. I would I would turn around and say you're a bit of a power player if you've done that before the game, actually sat down and worked out the percentages of dice rolls. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a, power play yeah whereas 
personally for my style of game, I would never even think to do that. Literally work out the percentage of dice rolls. It's no, I'm I'm doing this and I'm rolling dice because it's supposed to be random. That's the whole point of the dice mechanic. I guess, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. No, it's fair. Um I, I do I do think that just knowing what faces are on the die, because like I said, it was a four to three four to three split. Mm. The percentage is obvious. There's more chance I'm gonna hit on this one. Therefore, if I you know, rolling the same amount of dice, I might as well do this one. That was the easy decision. Mm. What I did, obviously I I went further and tried to plan ahead and it just all went wrong. But I think if you're just doing the base level of knowing what the die faces is and then going, I've got a 60% chance that I'll get what I need, that's enough. And that's not overanalyzing the game. If you're trying to do that two, three turns ahead, yeah, then there's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, you know, going, I, I, I would say going out of your way to do it is a bit power play. If you've worked it out during the game yeah. by rolling the dice and going, mm, actually, there's more swords than there are. Yeah. I mean, I, I hadn't planned ahead. Yeah. You know, that's why I asked in the middle of the game. It's like, well, yeah, I need to make a decision. What What's the, the die faces? But the word, the big question here, though, James, is despite my awful rolling, yes, what I did, did it work? Technically, yes. I mean, like, because you, you make it, you're, we are also making it out like I'm massively against this, which I wasn't. Yeah, all right, I, I made a bit of a bantery comment, but I did also pick the dice. Up. It was me that picked the dice up and counted them for you. You did, yes, indeed. Um, so, I mean, I, I do think there is there is justification to doing it. Um, because, I mean, as someone like me, I, I enjoy it because it, it really, that's, when I get to that level in mm. a game that I've now devolved myself into doing that, that's where I get my full immersion mm. in the game. And this has pros and cons to, to that. The biggest pro is I'm now fully into this game, mm. which means I'm enjoying it. So there's a lot of enjoyment for it for me. And I do enjoy doing it. However, the, one of the cons is, of course, not everyone is in the immersion that I'm currently in. Not everyone is in the same mind space as me, which means everyone is a bit bored. Yeah. I mean, it's always, it is always a balancing act. It's like you have to be fair enough to everyone else by taking a rapid turn, yeah. but not artificially pressuring people to get their turn done. Yeah. There is, there's a fine line between the two. Yeah. As with everything, it's like people need enough time to take their turns and to strategize it is a strategy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a few pros and cons, mm. as I said, um, I've written a couple down. I, you might, find something you might want to add um we'll talk about some pros to overthinking games i mean straight away the name overthinking obviously is immediately negative that is a very negative Mm. thing to say so but there are some pros to it so yeah as i said for me it's very it's a very stimulating thing for your brain yeah to do it you know if you're if you're getting that far into a game you're kicking your brain into high gear yeah which means your brain is working People do Sudoku puzzles. They do brain training and stuff like that. This, to me, as someone who can't stand doing any of that stuff, mm. this is my brain training, is figuring out the mechanisms of a board game and trying to figure out the best way. It's the puzzle. Yeah. I mean, I know do pe- I know a few people do get frustrated with it. But again, if I see someone starting to devolve into thinking, like seriously planning their turn... There are also things that you can do 
to mitigate the downtime. You care. It's like, personally, I would start using that opportunity to go, okay, he's planning his turn. Where's everyone? That's the point where I'm like, where I can go pull back and go, right, where's everyone else at? Yeah. What do I think's going to happen? What do I think he's going to do? How's that going to affect my turn? I can almost use your overthinking to start pre-planning my turn. So when it does get around to me, I can make that time up effectively. Yeah, yeah. It's then if I finish doing that, and it's like that—that's the point where it's, I think it's a little bit too much. Where if I've done all of that and then gone, oh, it's still going. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, it happens occasionally. Um, but yeah, I think another pro thing for me, uh, and last night was the perfect example of this. If I hadn't have done that, we all enjoyed the game. I think that would, that was fair to say the game was fun. Mm. However, if I hadn't have done it and spent that time and brought that game to such a close end. Mm. We wouldn't have had that tense, nail-biting crescendo to the game this that is- ended up in us crying for joy and expletive yeah. shouting for for the the sorrow of of the loss. Yeah, I mean it, that's a fair comment. We wouldn't have had that end to it. No, no. So uh, I, I mean that to me is is a pro. If it's going to end, if it's going to bring a game to such a close end, that's a great thing. Um... I think, I mean, what you've just sort of said is kind of one that I've written down. If I'm doing it, it actually presents a challenge, a real challenge to the other players. If we're in a, a 1v1 situation yeah, or one versus all or, or whatever, if I'm putting up that much effort into what I'm doing, it makes others have to step up and maybe just go into the next gear themselves. Yeah, I mean... I think like, the reason I banter about it is because I am very much that kind of I I I I'm the chaos player. Mm-hmm. I like not planning and yeah. doing the unexpected. It's like everyone's expecting me to do this, yeah. so I'm not going to do. Mean, that. I guess that's the ironic thing here is we're talking about me being like this. I'm not like it in every game. No, um, I am. I mean, we talked about the bloody inn mm-hmm. uh, last week. I wasn't overanalyzing any of that. I was mm. like, no, this, this is, this is, this is great fun. I'm going to cause chaos and screw with other players yeah. in this game. In another game, I might be like, no, I want to help this player. I want to help this player. I'm going to, I'm going to play a nice, smooth game. I, I've got a very diverse yeah. personality when it comes to playing games, but the, definitely, if I'm in a, a high stakes game, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm. Like. I, th- I think what I mean by I like to be the chaos player is I like to mess with the overanalyzers because yeah. you're. You're, you're analyzing your turn. You're trying to analyze what I'm doing. So I'm going to go out of my way to do the unexpected just so it messes with your plan. Yeah. So I will touch on that very quickly because I probably should have brought that up in the questions. Do you think figuring, trying to figure out your opponent's actions is overanalyzing the game or you, do you think that falls under strategy? That is definitely strategy because anticipating your opponents is the core part of a strategy game. So again, there's lots of little things that are very, very, they sound very yeah. similar. I mean, because there were a couple of points in that game last night where I heard you, like, you were pretty good at guessing what I was going to do, but there were I, there were two points in that game that stand out to me because you just went, oh, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> it was a stupid decision. But that wasn't, it paid off beautifully. <laughs> I didn't expect it because it was only an idiot would have done that. But then I remembered it was you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but yeah, it, sometimes I do. I do feel like I, I do sometimes overanalyze other players' turns, even though I'm doing it on a strategic thing. When I'm sitting there going, "Oh, right, so he's going to do this," and then he's going to roll the dice, and then and then oh, hang on, and then he's going to have this percentage of chance. That no, I'm now overanalyzing his turn. 
stop it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, there are a fair amount of pros, but I do definitely think there is actually more cons to over 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 analyzing games. And the first and foremost was extended gameplay and downtime for others. Yeah, we've we've mentioned it a few times. That one's obvious. Um, this one, I I've got a bit of a nickname as the Kingmaker. Something like overanalyzing can lead to kingmaking. If, as I said, I've been following the scores throughout the game, I've been analyzing everyone's turn, I can see who's got a chance of winning. At this point, I don't have a chance of winning. However, if I do this, then he definitely won't win, mm. and she will. So it could lead to kingmaking. Um, this is the important one for me, actually, on the, on the cons, is, is for this social aspect. When I get really into a game like that, and I'm fully in that immersion... I don't have a clue what's going on around me. Mm. And that adds to the time as well, because I, I, time is, is is irrelevant when I'm in it. Mm. I don't know what's going on outside of me. You could have all gone home. And I'm I, I just so focused. I'm raz- you know, razor focused on what I'm doing. That's no fun. Board games are social. So for me to switch off and stop talking to people, not a great thing. Mm. Um, again, talking on the social thing, if it happens too often, people are less likely to want to play games with you. That, that's that's a real bad thing. The last thing you want to do is lose your game group or constantly be looking for games because you've now got that reputation of, oh no, he's a over hour analyzing power player. You'll be playing that game for hours. You don't want that. Um, it can. You mentioned it earlier. It can definitely lead to alpha gaming, mm-hmm. uh, especially in cooperative games. If you've over analyzed, you know that game inside and out. You're going to be telling people what to do. Don't want to be doing that. Um, frustration when your plan doesn't come together i'm pretty good at overcoming that one i like to think mm. but i have seen people over analyzing games thinking they stood a chance and then when it didn't work because someone has thrown a spanner in the works right at the end hello <laughs> aka james <laughs> um we, we you get the sandiness the saltiness you know the bitterness the- yeah yeah I, I i have seen that happen quite a lot again with my play style of hey i'm just i'm, I'm gonna do this i have yeah. no idea if it's gonna work oh look my absolute aligning of the stars it paid off despite the fact that i was not planned yeah. i've just been ambling through this game kind of going that that yeah. Yeah, yeah that i find the frustration side of it um comes in a bit more on like the war game aspect yeah because people do i mean the whole premise of war gaming you really should be overanalyzing everything. You know, you, you, you've you got to take into account the movement. What's the range on their weapons? What's the range on my weapons? What's, you know, what, what defense do I get from going here or here or whatever? The whole thing is, it's just strategy from yeah. start to finish. Like, I don't necessarily think there's wrong with showing, like, disappointment or frustration, but it's how you do it. Yeah. Obviously, no one likes a table flipper. Nope. Nope, obviously. But, you know, somebody going, ah. I mean, perfect example. There's, you know, there's a story we tell to people um, that come to the club because it's the kind of behavior that we don't accept. But we've witnessed it in the past where someone's been playing a war game, for example, and they've thrown their dice across the, 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 the club yeah, yeah. that we were in. Obviously. In a hissy fit. Yeah, not acceptable. You know, and then there's the jokey ones. Um, the one that springs to mind is Rupert's, Rupert's dice going in the bin. Yes. Which was yeah. totally, it was like, no, 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 these dice are cursed. In the bin. In the yeah. bin. <laughs> you know, it's, but, but you're like, like it, it almost falls into the same category as what we were saying about how that last dice roll, how there was cheers and yep. expletives at the end. It's like, it's okay to, 
sort of like if you've invested in a plan and it hasn't gone together and you, like I said you can be you you are allowed to be disappointed or a yeah. bit like oh I was really needed that to pay off yeah but yeah crossing the line into a childish tantrum yeah. is not acceptable yeah exactly and um, you know ga- games are emotional yeah and you are allowed to show emotion yeah but be an adult about it yeah and I think that leads me on to the final con that I, I personally broke down which was, again, if you're overanalyzing the game, you're like me, you're following the points, you see the writing on the wall, mm. much as I did last night. I then I started to overanalyze and realize that we could claw it back. But in this particular game, James, there was no way we could claw it back. Mm. I've seen the writing on the wall. One of the worst things that I could possibly happen now is I have now mentally checked out of that game because there is no physical way yep. that I can win. I'm now not having fun. You're not going to have fun. Because there's no challenge anymore. Yeah. You know, <coughs> the interest is lost. You might as well just pack up the game right then and there, which nobody wants to do. Always see the game through to the end. Don't mentally check out. Yeah. It's a game. Just play. It's, it's fun. It's meant to be fun. Are there any other pros or cons that you personally want to add to no, I think any kind I of... I think you've covered most of the ones that I could think of. Good, good. I, I'm sure there's other things. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure... Well, I hope that people talk to us about it and tell us, or tell us some stories. I'd love to hear some stories of overanalyzing either working or not working. But um, while I was writing my notes earlier, James, I uh, I was talking to my partner uh, to find out how she feels about it, being someone who's less invested in the hobby. And um, I got an answer, and it was the answer I'd expect to be, because we, we were talking about it. Like, well, first, you, first thing she asked was, what do you mean by it? And obviously explain what we said. Um, and the answer I got was, nope, maths and calculations, I'm out. She's not interested. Hmm. Um, to which my answer was, but why? What's the reason you're not interested into that stuff? You know, because to me, as I said, I find it fascinating to get into, you know, deconstruct the <coughs> mechanisms of the game and find the yellow brick road to Mordor. Hmm. You know, multiple films in, in one quotation there, but you know what I mean. I found the golden path. Um, and... The answer was was really good, and I've actually got it down word for word because I think it perfectly sums up how people that aren't me think about it. And, mm. and I think you might fall in this category, so I'd be interested to hear what you say afterwards. So this is what I got was, <clears throat> it's not just overthinking, it's overcomplicating your moves and possibly overcomplicating the game itself when it doesn't need to be that complex. If a game has a really high level of complexity, it's not all that fun for people that can't do forward thinking. Like me, I fail mass and I hate it. If I have to factor in probabilities of rolling certain sides of dice or pulling certain cards, I won't be interested. It's just not something that my brain can personally do. I can't calculate probability of dice rolls. I don't really like the idea of counting cards, yet I will still happily play the game. I just won't be interested in all the calculations. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah? So... Overthinking, I, I that to me sounds like overthinking is very much viewed upon as not everyone can do it. Yeah, I mean, and I, not I just can, a case of not everyone wants to do it. On honest, like like using your example from earlier, like I I could work out probably I could probably work out probabilities of a dice roll on, on yeah. a on a d six. Yeah, you know, coming from Warhammer, it's like I I need a I need a four up. Yeah, so that's a fifty fifty straight up. I mean, to to bring a game up that I know we both like and I know you like except, exceptionally, um, 
the game that you like especially would be Inish. Yes. Um, and generally drafting mechanics. Mm. Now, I'm not going to lie, when I'm sat there drafting cards, and Art Nova is very much the same now, is I know that at least one of these cards is going to come back to me. Mm. But now I'm trying to work out the probability of which one yeah. is going to come back to me. You know, is that something that you would say you, you think about? I do in drafting, definitely. Okay. Which which one of these is going to come back? Or which more to the point, which one of these do I not want you to have? Exactly. Yeah. So hate drafting, another element of potentially uh, I wouldn't overthinking say, things. I wouldn't say that hate, hate drafting is its own thing. That That's... Going oh, yeah. out of your way to constantly, yeah. again, thin line between hate drafting and strategy. It's, yeah. This is a powerful card. It doesn't fit my play style. Definitely fits yours. Mm-hmm. I don't really want you to have this. No. That's, that, that's not hate drafting. That's strategy. Hate drafting is we're going to do this four times and I'm absolutely going to mess your game up. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would agree. Even if it harms mine, I would add that. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst form of hate drafting is yeah. when you are literally doing it, even at your own detriment. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm the, I am the first to admit that, you know what, I, I do overthink things in certain games. It doesn't happen all the time. But when a game is that good that it's got me fully immersed in the theme, fully immersed in the game itself, the competition, then, then I'm in on it. Yep. And that's where the problems occur. Mm. Would you, James, say that... I know I wouldn't say that you suffer with this uh, horrible disease of overthinking games, <laughs> but would you say that you do indeed indulge? Yes, in overthinking at times. Very much, I think the same way as you. Usually, if it's going to happen, it will be at the end mm-hmm. when, um, like a classic one, would be out and over. Yep. The last couple of times we played that, sort of two or three of us have have been all within touching distance of the video. It's like, this is down to the wire. Yeah. So now I'm actually thinking about what I'm doing. Yeah. Even if I've done my usual thing of ambling through the game and somehow stumbling into second or third place, it's like, but there's like a point or two points between first and third. It's like, okay, it's the last turn. I might actually think about this yeah. one now. So when the pressure comes on, that's when you're more likely to, yeah, to do it. To do it. So, Whereas yeah. I wouldn't, I absolutely wouldn't be doing it from turn one. Yeah. Would you say that being really into the game itself would lead you to maybe going down that path as well? I would say being into the game would definitely make me think about it more. I don't know about overanalyzing it because I, like I said, I still, unless it's a very simple calculation, wouldn't do things like dice percent, like dice roll percentages, unless it is literally, well, I need a four up. That's 50 that's 50 percent yeah 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 it's 50 50 chance is there anything that's better yeah yeah that's fair that is very fair um ultimately yeah i've i've spent the entire episode admitting that i do i do indeed suffer with this but it's not all the time yeah. it is. i think i think i could sum it up by that sometimes i do overthink it but i also come to the conclusion that i just need to roll the damn dice yeah a lot quicker yeah i think that's the key thing um that we need to take away from this is you you know me, you know when I'm starting to go to that place. Yeah. And I think it's just about just giving me that nudge yeah. occasionally. Like that, don't, it, don't be in idiot. the caring way that I usually do, which is, oh, come on, just roll the dice. Yeah. <laughs> the ironic thing is I have an actual T-shirt that says, is it still your turn? Yeah. And yeah, it should be people wearing it for me. <laughs> but there you go. So yeah, if you... No, if you I find- mean, 
in all fairness, I, I game with you a lot. You're not actually that bad at it. Yeah. You know, that's just me being a what's it. Yeah. You know. But just do do me one favor, James, as as my best friend. Yeah. Tell me I'm not alone in this. You're not. You, you have also suffered with this. I have. Is su- this the first topical episode where James admits he has a problem? <laughs> I mean, if we want to be absolutely honest, I usually start to overanalyze when I have a chance of beating you. Yeah. See, I find I'm the polar opposite. I tend to overanalyze when there's a chance of you beating me. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm also pretty sure the first thing I utter is I can't let James win. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Normally, because, you know, I've done my usual trick of not having a plan and have just stumbled butt backwards into uh, <laughs> into first place. It's like, oh, no, no, I'm not having that. He, yeah. can't, he can't win through sheer luck. Exactly. Exactly. And, I and can, that- and I do it regularly. Yeah. And that, that's the key thing here, James, is what I've got from this is the all-important information that you are the problem. <clears throat> you are the cause of my over-analyzing games, overthinking my turns, and taking forever. So, James, you are you you are to blame. What an episode this has been. <laughs> I love it. So This so, is one of the uh, best outcomes we've ever had. 57? Uh, no, about 57 minutes. Yeah, about 57 minutes of exactly. You're right, but now I'm going to spend 50, 57 minutes telling you actually that you're wrong. Yep. Now, if I remember correctly, James, about half an hour ago, I said I was going to spend 30 minutes telling you how you were wrong, and we've done it. i never once said that i was gonna blame you however the question is jason did you overanalyze that time estimate i I mean i've been at home (laughs) thinking about this for about four hours so i've been overanalyzing my overanalyzing problems and uh, that's how i came up with this overanalyzed answer in true overanalyzing style (laughs) i've got a problem with overanalyzing so i'm going to overanalyze it yep yeah, and rationalize it. It's what rationalizing is. Overanalyzing. And on that bombshell. Philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on that bombshell. James, are you ready to go? Yes. So we can go and overanalyze again. Yes. Let's do it. Till next week, I have been Jason. And I've been James. And you have been listening to the Meeple Mining Podcast. Join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. Ta-ta. Goodbye. <laughs>